And welcome to Panic Mode, the podcast for gamers and game designers with your hosts and professional Sims character creators, Aiden and Shelby. What what constitutes a professional Sims character creator? Well, they say when you spend like 10,000 hours doing something, you uh, become like an expert at it, right? So I'm, you know, p- professional. Or in your case, just one night of Sims. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Shelby? Oh, we're talking about character creators, Aiden. It's very exciting. <laughs> character creators or avatar creators? Oh, man. What is the, what is the difference? I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> well, I think the gist of it is a character creator can like encompass an avatar creator, where like okay. a character creator is creating all five assets of a character for a game you're about to play while the avatar creator is just looking at what they're going to look like sure yeah so characters you get to like pick if they have magic or not (laughs) but avatars you get to pick if your hair is pink yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) love it (laughs) and i think at the end of the day both of these are an ongoing process that like you'll start the game and you'll be like okay like i started off and i'm wearing a a black coat then all of a sudden you come across a a level two brown coat and all of a sudden you've changed what your avatar looks like and that can also go for your character as well where it's like maybe you started off as an evil character and you had this big redemptive arc and these things are ongoing and changing is part of what we have to take away here except if you're playing the witcher 3 and literally all of Geralt's clothing options are ugly so you just stick with that level one <laughs> that sweet level oh, one did, like you leather did, you vest did that too? yeah everything else i think, else I, think gross. I switched to like a like a white sweater halfway Ew. through cuz it was just like it was just like light it was like i was out on the water sailing the seas oh, yeah. of uh, skellige that, that sweet billowing sleeve action yeah 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 but like yeah i didn't want like any of the other armor i was just there for the, the aesthetic yeah i'm really picky when it comes to armor it needs to look it needs to look cool or i won't wear it true <laughs> Which is bad. This is bad. Don't do that. <laughs> so let's start with the, the easier half of things, the avatar customization. And I think this is actually a, kind of a fun one to discuss because this has kind of been around forever. So um, we can we can think about changing the ways that our characters look uh, before there were actually characters to design in, in a virtual space. Uh, does anyone remember Barbie dolls? Never heard of it. <laughs> I know that they're very, very popular now, and they, and they were when they first kind of came out in the 1960s as well. Um, but this is kind of one of those initial instances of being able to swap out the clothes that your your avatar, I guess, in this in but this like, sense, is wearing. Purely gamifying the dress up experience because like humans have been dressing up for much longer than that. But just taking yeah. the Barbies and it's just like I just want to change how it looks, and that's just a game unto itself. I think that was you can kind of trace that back to Barbie and. Probably before that, because I can guarantee you Barbie's been knock of something else. <laughs> oh, Lar- yeah. Larby oh, yeah. or something. But. <laughs> Larby. Yeah, there's a huge fashion fascination in, in dressing up ourselves, but also, you know, your children and your dogs and, right. and this kind of... This way, like what you said, this gamification of finding joy in, in swapping out clothes and and kind of creating these fictional worlds, right. um, which is why, you know, part of why Sims is so popular. Um, and The Sims, we'll get to that later in terms of the wonderful character creation that it uh, offers you. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to think that that Barbie is kind of one of these really, yeah. really popular instances of, of dress up. And I think this is probably best embodied today by just the dress up games you can play online Mm -hmm, that just mm -hmm. also kind of purely gamify just the character creator experience that you kind of dress them up and you can put them in different poses and stuff. And there's not much of a game to follow the avatar customization, but that unto itself is the game. Yeah, especially I think there's a huge kind of increase in these dress up games 
when you consider D&D players and right. you want to create the avatar that you've imagined, you know, your, your character And you're not a be. very good artist. Yeah, and you're not a very good... There are lots of talented people who can draw their wonderful characters. But having these sort of dress-up games that are... They're getting they're getting pretty cool. You can, right. you can change your character's, you know, face, hair, whatever. Anything you can really think of to create whatever you've been imagining in your mind. So it's not just for, for girls. I think there's this kind of idea that dress-up games are Oh, God, no, I spent so much time. For on avatar creators. Yeah, and that's not, you know, that's not the case at all. Um, and it's really cool what you can do with some of these, I guess, cre- creation and, I don't know, creation that's characters and games. games. Well, in terms of, like, people like, making existing characters in, like, other games. Yeah, so that's what's called virtual cosplay, which is, this is what I first got exposed to in the, the Fashion Souls thing, which is just, <laughs> like, the when people were just dressing up their characters in the Dark Souls games to look like certain ways. And what virtual cosplay is, is like bringing an existing character, like let's say Gandalf the Grey, and bringing him into the world of Dark Souls. Is that you You customize him in the avatar creator to look like that, and then you go out into the world and turn him into a wizard. <laughs> That's cool. It's almost like art. I feel like it's very yeah. artful to be able to especially use a character creator that has a lot of, you know, those, those sliders. Um, this is more in video games, not so much the dress-up games, but having specific sliders for facial features where you can literally, you can sculpt kind of whoever you want right. if you have, you know, the time and the talent for it. I can, I could never do it. I don't know what it was. I could never slide I, I, it I even way. just struggle making them look like me. Well, yeah, I have no idea, mostly because I have no idea what I look like. I feel like I have a warped idea of what I look like. Um, I but just, it's, it's, I just, it's hard. <laughs> I wonder how much I'd have to pay someone who is really good at using character creators just to make me in all the games I play. Yeah, right. Does anybody do that? Let us know because I would love to look like myself in a game. That would be kind of fun. Maybe maybe creepy though. I don't know. Sex and scenes we'll, could get we'll, weird. We'll I get, have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> so we'll get into this more later, but there's even some games that let you scan your own face in just yes. so you have a one-to-one yeah. creation because like oftentimes it'll be like, okay, like now you can tweak your jaw settings. And I'm like, I don't know what my jaw looks like relative to wide or narrow or whatever like i, I need like a picture uh, of me it next could to cut it. diamonds is the answer even for, for me. me in particular yes oh, thanks, <laughs> oh you're welcome <laughs> so f- first question that is really important to me what avatar creator in any video game ever do you think you have spent the most time in? oh the sims the sims yeah the sims 4 so a game that is very driven by the characters you yeah create. well they, they also have like so many fun options and it looks really nice too it's not in some character creators, I'm sure we are, you know, we've all had one where it's kind of dark and it's hard to see. Um, yeah. But The Sims, it's very cartoon-like, but but very high resolution. You can totally see and tell um, what's going on in the face, you know what I mean? And, and go look at them from different angles. And when the, so I don't know if anybody else did this, but when The Sims 4 was going to be released, I don't know if it had come out yet or it had just come out, but they released only the character creation part for free for you to try. Um, so you could make the Sims with like literally all the features. You just couldn't play the actual game. And I spent like like 50 hours <laughs> just making Sims. You really are on your way time. to the, the 10,000 hours. Oh yeah. I was having such a, such a fun time, but it's so relaxing too. Oh, yeah. There's something relaxing about it. Like even just sitting down and being like, I'll just make like a fun character that either you had like played in a game before, or like, especially if you're a writer, like it's super fun to like yeah. characters you have in your head, just like put them there and see what they look like. Um, I don't know. It's just a fun, relaxing kind of time. And I think it's, maybe it's not, a game okay. in the sense that there's so, like a goal or anything. I kind of have, but... <laughs> I have like a follow-up question here and I don't know if this just pertains to me or not, mm. but I'm going to ask you first. Have you ever spent like a lot of time in a character creator and then 
you like think you have it down but you spent a lot of time on it yeah and then when you spit it out and someone else looks at it like that person looks crazy but you would just been staring at it for too long and you oh didn't realize yeah it and nuts. you're just like oh my god oh i think i did that with uh i think it was dragon age inquisition and i made i was trying to make her look like me and i ended up making her eyes like way too big i think <laughs> like, that's possible it was really scary like i was like yeah that looks that looks about right like she looks super cute like she didn't look exactly like me but you know it was right. inspired by my face and i like boarded her into the game <laughs> and she like turned around and i was like scared i was like oh my god it looks like she's not even a per-. like it was yeah. it was it was horrific well, i remember was i was um, <laughs> i was playing the original mass effect with my friend arthur and hey arthur <laughs> <laughs> We were we were spending a lot of time making our own custom shepherd, male shepherd. Okay, well and you're okay, so you're wrong. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Please and we didn't um, we didn't realize we could rotate the face at all. Oh, oh no! And eventually we did this, and we'd spent like maybe twenty or thirty minutes on this character, <laughs> and he just rotates to the left, and he just and he just like looks up to the left. The whole yeah. character doesn't swivel, and his profile is just horrendous. <laughs> his eyes are sunk so deep into his head. His nose is just stuck up. These are things you yes. can't see when you're staring straight no. on. And then, I don't know. I thought that was really funny. That is great. Well, you also do the thing where you spend like hours making your character, and the lighting is different yeah. in the the creation room than it is in the game oh, and then you like port them into the game and they just look absolutely atrocious because you like made the their like lipstick or something like a weird color right. and it's just i don't know in the lighting yeah. of the actual game where they i just get look screwed terrible. all okay we got to end this tangent soon but where <laughs> i get screwed all the time is i kind of have like a light brown hair and i always try to get that in the game oh, but yeah. like i swear to god like half the time i pick hair color then i spit out into the game and i'm a redhead yeah i'm like how did this happen oh yeah yeah and you do that miss, well you're also like so much aiden is also partly colorblind so a lot yeah, of the time <laughs> you'll be like show me what color is this and i'm like that it's red it's like flaming red and you're like really because it looks dark brown yeah, and i'm like it's, it's just like really my not. hair color it's like aiden why are you a ginger <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's anyway. like it looks good but it's not so, that's not what you're going for i don't think so let's move on to the, the next big question what are some okay. of the best avatar customization engines we've used in the game and what was it that made them good so yeah i think i briefly talked about this with the sims 4 like it's it's very cartoon-like, so it's very high right. resolution. It's easy to tell what you're changing. There's also a lot of options. Um, there's endless options. I think part of the draw for that, too, is the mods. The mod community for The Sims is is wonderful. It's a wonderful place where you can download other people's hairstyles or or kind of, like, skin graphs. That sounds weird, but it changes, like, complexions and, like, freckles and, and where your skin is shiny and stuff like that. Uh, and, and that's really cool. I think that's a, a fun part that we kind of overlook sometimes is these communities who are dedicated to making these characters look amazing or different or fun or, um, so it, like it's cool. A it's, quick, it's a quick fun. few things I'm observing here is it's, it's very robust. Yeah. Still very accessible mm -hmm. and it has a very massive range of options partially due to this mod community. Yeah. 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 It just makes it fun and exciting to be able to, you can literally create whatever you, yeah. whatever you want. And I think those are going to be some of the basic tenants we're going to put into good ones. Good avatar creators yeah. is just, they're very robust, very versatile and have a lot of options. And yes. I think the games that do this the best are actually wrestling games. Yeah. Which, Shockingly. Which are, these, are the, these are some of the games that still do the uh, the face scan year to year so you can put yourself in there. But you can just look up all sorts of crazy videos <laughs> of people who put like, I think there's one where someone put Gabe Newell from Valve into oh the game goodness. and he was wrestling. Or uh, I think Achievement Hunter put some videos together a while ago where they, they put like a Minecraft creeper into oh the game. And it, it, didn't, <laughs> oh it didn't turn out very well. But yeah, like, I wouldn't just, think so. <laughs> just a really bizarre set of options yeah. you can put in there. Because I think the game is just about, it's putting on the show more than it is about the gameplay. Yes. Well, and I think too, 
something that's very important to address when it comes to character creators, especially what makes the Sims one so wonderful is that there are no constrictions on gender. Yeah. You can choose your your voice you can separate from what your body looks like separate from how i think there's an option for how your character goes to the bathroom and you can select that right to literally be whatever you're comfortable with and whatever you envision for that character um which i think is so important and wonderful to be able to just literally well, literally make well, yourself we'll, we'll, right? we'll discuss more about the gender fluidity options in uh, avatar <laughs> creators later yeah but. but i think honestly that's what makes character creators right special from just kind of like the the mundane or whatever. It's being able to make yourself and see yourself represented in the game. You know, whoever whoever you are, whatever you're comfortable with. I think that's so important to be able to see, for everybody to be able to see themselves in games. And how are you supposed to do that if it's just like a binary gender option? Like, true. first of all, that's not even accurate. <laughs> well, okay, we're going to save that discussion. You're right, later, you're right. Okay? So I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> anyway, So one other one I just wanted to comment on is I think MMOs typically do a very good job at this. And MMO that I, the MMO that I have sunk the most time into is the Old Republic. I really liked that character, that, that avatar customizer, because it did a really good job of letting you match the world that you were yeah. putting your character into. Yeah. That they had a lot of, like, it was, it's a sci-fi Star Wars game, so there's a lot of sci-fi Star Wars options you can put onto your character and stuff like that. You're not just creating... A naked husk, <laughs> which I really appreciated. Yeah, that's always fun when they have, um, I guess, like cy- cyberware, for example, if yeah. you're in like a sci-fi game or something like that. That's always kind of a nifty thing. Um, I guess an example where that kind of went wrong is in Mass Effect, actually. So yeah, in... let's, let's move on to the next question. What are some okay, of the worst sure. we've used and yeah. what made them bad? So Mass Effect, I think this is in 2 and 3 it carries into because Shepard, spoilers, I'm so sorry if you haven't, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> in Mass Effect 2, Shepard dies and is brought back to life um, and has they have some scars on their face. Who am I kidding? She has some scars on her face. <laughs> and depending how you play the game, uh, as Paragon or Renegade, those scars will either heal differently or become more prominent. Or you could choose to get them artificially healed. Or you could choose. Yes. Anyway, anyway, continue. But the problem with this is that <laughs> you're saying that people who make, you know, rough choices are scarred. <laughs> That's like really not okay. <laughs> like I totally see what they were going for. Um, but this association we have with scarred bodies being evil is really problematic specifically facial scars (laughs) especially facial scars yeah uh so i think for those reasons that character and you you know i guess it's a character creator in a different way you know depending on your actions is how your your face will kind of end up looking um but i don't think that that was a a good choice in hindsight i see what they were going for right but don't bad bad (laughs) i think mass effect andromeda i put on this list is one of the worst ones we've used just because the frostbite engine seemed really to struggle with faces in general yeah that's so interesting to me though because dragon age inquisition was made with the frostbite engine and i thought they had a much better character creator so i'm not really sure what happened with andromeda well the problem Um, with uh, dragon age is that was one of the games that gave me red hair and i didn't realize and that was really frustrating so i'm gonna give that game an f2 okay But yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda had some serious issues. They also had some really serious issues with um, just representation of like of, of coloring. So c- colorism, I guess, in this sense, yeah. for what your skin color is. And they didn't have very many options at all, well, remember, which like, was really weird. We couldn't actually get a lighter skin color than like, let's say like a dark olive, unless yeah. you played as the default female rider. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that was really she weird. She was the only too. white one. She was the palest. So because I myself, I'm a very, very pale person. Uh, so I like to create characters that when they look like me, they're also obviously very pale so that it looks like me. Yeah. Um, and of course, I think it's so important to represent every skin tone because everybody comes in, you know, a spectrum of skin tones and that's what makes it wonderful. Uh, so it's weird whenever tones get left out. And usually it's on the the deeper side of the spectrum that gets left out, right. which is also so ridiculous and we're going to be talking about that a little bit later but in andromeda well you know it's noticeable especially when a big game like that um comes and it's just like yeah like you can't if you are this kind of person who wants to see yourself in the game there's literally like not an option for you that's always just kind of like well (laughs) that sucks (laughs) another one that i thought was really bad was uh the dark souls and frankly most of the from software games you know what conspiracy theory i think they made Sekiro like a like a like a character in the world that you couldn't change or change his name because they were sick of people crapping on their avatar creator <laughs> is it i thought it was just mostly because you'd like put all this work into this character and then they'd become like dead in like a second yeah they would look nothing like what you <laughs> and made then they'd look, yeah they'd look nothing like what you made but it, it was just it was just hard to work with and it was ugly no matter what you did and basically most people just gave up and made a pretty default option by the end of the day oh yeah i don't know my girl was she was okay well, well i just I'll gave her this pink much, hair the guy's okay. options were not very the guys good. Off, yeah I don't know. I thought my girl and was cute. That's all I'm I, and please, please tweet at us if you can think of a worse example than this. But the worst one I've ever encountered was the original GTA Online, like the one that was on the 360 and PS3 originally. Oh. Because how you would customize your character was by choosing four grandparents. That you what? would choose like your grandparents on your mom's side, your grandparents on your dad's side, and that would spit out some kind of character. That's so weird. It was the weirdest thing. That's so weird. But they always looked horrendous, but you could also choose James James Marston, John Marston, the guy from Red Dead Redemption. Okay. To be your dad. <laughs> so everyone's character ended up looking like John Marston. Oh, that's hilarious. So could you choose your gender? Yeah, you could. Okay. But well, that's good. You're basically like you'd just be cycling through these four grandparents trying to figure out anything that looked good and it always looked horrendous that's so funny and when they Why eventually did they the that? and when they updated the game for the new generation consoles it was they, they just scrapped that system yeah. it was so horrible because it was so what a weird that is very very strange but yeah if you've if you've played a worst one just please tweet me because i want i want to see it yeah so there's actually so let's move on to the conversation we were talking about a bit earlier about gender fluidity and stuff and talk yeah. about some of the politics behind avatar customizers yeah so something to first and foremost be aware of is when you're customizing your character uh, and this is when you have that screen where you've got, you know, you've got all the choices um, to, to change whatever you like about your character. I think a thing <laughs> to notice is the default character that are, you were originally right. given to, to alter. Because we, we made a joke about this in Panic Radio yeah. that letting the, the default character in an avatar creator be a white male is just like one of the cardinal sins <laughs> of game design. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of true. Yeah. And I think it's... It's something we don't often think about or notice, um, but when you do notice it, it's it's a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. Right. But of course, the the reason that this happens is because whiteness and maleness they are the defaults a lot of the time right. in just just in general. And yes, this is a problem. Uh, no, we're not saying it's a bad thing to be to be white or to be male. That's not what we're saying. It's just, it's a problem when this is the only thing that is presented to us because it's going to start informing our worldview about ourselves even, right? Um, so the the thing that I would say as, as advice for creating a character creator, literally just generate a random character every time. What if they're like green though? Just, well, yeah, make them green, whatever, right? Just make them something that, 
or just make them make them like clear or something and right. then have the the player fill in as necessary right they don't need to be gendered and and raced yeah. like off the bat in that way because and i know i know this seems like it's trivial and it seems like it's not that big a deal but the fact that it's it's it happens so often and usually is yeah. the default like says that okay well we can maybe we can do something to disrupt that a little bit right that doesn't necessarily need to be what it is um and i think that would just make for a better a better customization experience just start with like a clear like <laughs> blob and then let the player choose for themselves what they want that character to look like yeah. moving on to a more topical discussion that kind of prompted this whole episode was yeah. cyberpunk 2077 announcing that they wouldn't have gender options that rather you would just select things that were either female or masculine for your avatar. And mm -hmm. then that would like, there were, there was no option to have a binary gender. If you wanted a masculine yeah. voice, you could pick that. If you want masculine characteristics, you could pick that. Yeah. But you could also mix and match as you saw fit. Yeah. I believe they're just letting you pick uh, like your body type, what you want your body to look like, and then your voice, right. what you want to sound like. There's no like, Oh, I want to be female. Therefore this is my character, you know? Um, which I think is awesome. I haven't played it yet, so I don't want to say like, oh, it like totally works or totally doesn't work because that's always, you know, <laughs> I don't know. This is just what we've been hearing about, but I think is a step um, toward, and this is what they said. They said, you know, we want to be able to give our players as many options as they want in order to be able to see themselves in this game. That's, that's really important to us after they, I think they had actually heard some feedback, especially in a cyberpunk world, you know, yeah. what does gender look like in a cyberpunk world? Um... That's a tough, we're not going to talk about that today. That's a really tough question, <laughs> a really big question. But I think whenever there is an opportunity to represent your players and to have people be able to create themselves or or who they wish they could be or just have this, this diverse range of experiences for other people to even see, maybe they don't even necessarily want to choose that, but even having that as a normal kind of idea... Right even having that exist, I think is, is so great. I mean, what's like, what is the downside of having it's representation? <laughs> is, I think like some people will say that like, well, you're pandering to like a very small percentage of the population. Like yeah. why, why even bother with this? And I'm well, like, yeah. like most of the population doesn't have pink hair, but most avatar creators have an option for you to create pink haired characters. Were you pandering to the pink hair population? Like what is, I don't get what the big deal is people. And people were upset about this. There were some really upset people. Um, and I it think, just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. Like just because it's not you that this yeah. is, you know, And I think my favorite, for, favorite rebuttal okay. <laughs> to this was that some people thought it was just a publicity stunt. Oh, interesting. In the sense that this was something that Saints Row 2 apparently did a while ago, that your gender was just on a little slider. Mm -hmm. But I, I couldn't actually confirm this, but a lot of people brought it up as an example. So I'm just going to assume it exists. But I think, frankly, Cyberpunk 2077 could announce anything and it would be a headlining news. <laughs> well, so yeah, that's kind of true. It's just too. a very anticipated game regardless. Yeah. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like, why not, why not include something for everybody? Right. Why not help to normalize the idea that so many people exist in so many different, different yeah. ways and identities? Even if you're not using it, the fact that it's there well, yeah. says something. Yeah. The, the beauty about avatar customizers is you can literally make your character whatever you want. Like True. nobody's forcing you to, to play as, you know, something you're uncomfortable with. That's not... Right. Unless, of course, <laughs> it's a it's a binary situation and or it's just like your gender locked is male. Well, then that's, you know, that's a different thing. But of course, 
uh, some of those games, well, they have their reasons for having a specific character that they want you to play as. And that's a different story, right? Um, (laughs) We just, I just, I just can't, (laughs) I just get so frustrated because it's like, well, why wouldn't you want everybody to be able to like see themselves? It's so fun to be able to see yourself in in your favorite game. For many developers, it just doesn't occur to them. But you know what? Those developers should just listen to our podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to the discussion of everything besides avatar creator so just the right, oh, yeah. the character creation everything else so some good examples of this are most dungeons and dragons variants uh most mmos again and i think one of my favorites ones is skyrim mm-hmm. because your character is fairly bland when they come out is that you have a bit of backstory that you were trying to break into the you're, you're trying to hike through like a valley or something and you got yeah. arrested and you're about to be you're about to be <laughs> oh skyrim but apart from that you didn't have any backstory to yeah. you yeah and well really <laughs> You have a, you you have a problem with that? <laughs> is this just in terms of like building out your skill trees, or in terms of like the character that you make? Both. It's like you you develop who you are as a person, as a fighter, but also like what what factions you choose to align with, or how you yeah. choose to behave in the world. Sort of. <laughs> oh my god. So, so Skyrim, especially Skyrim Elder Scrolls, is a very interesting scenario because a lot of the races that you can choose from are coded. <laughs> so what coded means? It's not an allegory. It's different. I should... Okay, maybe we'll link... Actually, there's a wonderful episode. Uh, Lindsay Ellis talks about this. It's a YouTube channel. She kind of breaks down different ideas, especially regarding um, topical themes. Um, but she talks about the difference between allegory and coding. So this is when something like race factors into fantasy characters. Right. That may not always be allegory. Like in the, the sense of Lord of the Rings, for example, like the orcs are evil being associated with with deeper skin tones. Um, that's not always allegory in terms of the author meant it to be that way, but it, it can be considered coding in the sense that those things are still present and can be read that way, whether it was intentional or not. Right. So the issue with Skyrim Elder Scrolls is a lot of the fantasy races can be coded uh, to be to be other things, which are mostly harmful stereotypes uh, like the Khajiit, the Khajiit, for example, I think. Um, Is it a harmful stereotype against cats? Yes. No, it's it's against uh, like the, the Romani people. Um, oh. And it's just kind of, it's just, it's something that's there. Yes, it's a problem um, because it's, you know, there are these harmful stereotypes. So I guess this is another aspect of character creators in terms of fantasy races and fantasy races being stand-ins for other races of people whether you intended that it to be that way or not, right? That's not the point. I'm sure it, I would like to believe that no one would want to purposefully, you know, be racist in that way, but it's something to be aware of. Okay, that's anyway, a good point. I suppose what I'm that. saying Skyrim's <laughs> strengths are is like you don't commit to anything very early on about your character. Right. And then as you learn more about the game, you can be like, oh, never mind. I actually don't want to be a fighter. I want to be a mage or, oh, I don't really want to join the, the what's it, what is it, the Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, I'd rather join yeah, the Thieves yeah. Guild. And yeah. it's like, you make these decisions much later on. You don't commit to them too early when you don't know anything about the game, mm-hmm. which I think is a, is a very, it's just, it's a big strength in its character creation. Yeah, and they do a great job of uh, all the, the many skills you can pick up right. and the skill trees you want to fill out to kind of make whatever your character, whatever they, they want to be. They don't have to use magic if they don't want to. You don't right. have to be stealth. You can take it from a, a number of different approaches and kind of build your character in, in that sense. So uh, a bad example, also D&D variants. <laughs> Is I think like on the one hand they're they're very deep in their character customizations, but mm-hmm. I think so much of it is front loaded that I think players will occasionally experience some amount of analysis paralysis. 
Yeah. So this is more in like the process of like building your character. There can be a lot of stats that kind of bog down the experience in the beginning. Some people are all about the stats. Some people like myself get bored very quickly when there's a lot, a lot of like calculations to do in terms of trying to figure out the numbers behind your character. I'm not as a big a fan of that. And some, some variations like Starfinder, for example, I think it's just, it's just not organized very well. It's really difficult as a new player to kind of like find everything you need in order to like understand what stats your character even has or like what pertains to your character. But even if you did understand it, you're still making very uninformed decisions. You don't know how these skills are going to manifest themselves in gameplay. Yeah. So asking these decisions very early on and front loading it this harshly is going to be problematic. Yeah. Cause I think there's this joke that like the only two skills you need are like perception <laughs> and, um, I don't know, like stealth or something. And like, that's really mainly perception. Like that's really all you need. Um, Do I see a weakness? Okay, attack it. (laughs) Okay, cool. Done. (laughs) Do I hear something? Okay, I run. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's just also something to be aware of. Um, If you're you're giving your players a bunch of skills to choose from to kind of specialize in, are those even necessary? Will they be used? Can you you create a game for every play style to fit those kind of character creating aspects that, that you promised in the beginning? Um, so that's something to consider as well. Another bad one is uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. A lot for the same reason, but I did just want to throw in a, a video game example here too, where mm. it has like a weird questionnaire you fill out to figure out yeah. who you want to be. But the problem is a lot of the classes are like really not good for first time players. That's true. Some of them are really intense. Um, I think I think there's an option to skip the questions. You can, but like... As a new player, I'd be like, oh, this will get me on the right track. It yeah, does, it doesn't, it's true. But... It doesn't. <laughs> That's totally fair. But anyway, just always play as Tremere is the real takeaway here. <laughs> and speaking of takeaways. Woohoo. <laughs> um, so, so basically what we want to sort of take away from Avatar creators is that they're awesome. And <laughs> they a proper amount of time should be taken to consider everybody who, who could be utilizing them. Um, we think about the characters we often see in video games, in the options that we're given in character creators and think about who's being left out. Um, we often don't see, um, individuals with impairments, um, being offered as, as options in, in creators. Mm -hmm. Um, we rarely see, um, older people, uh, children, um, think of like the age that's involved think of the the default character that comes up before you start you know turning them into into your own um these are all things to consider and be aware of in order to make this experience if if you're offering you can play as any character well then then offer that play mm. as any character but make it make it make it as robust as you feasibly can because it's it's an awesome feature to have and players will love to use it yeah well clearly right i mean people love um love making these these wonderful creations and sharing them and uh, especially in like multiplayer games though there's going to be limits because you can't render everyone's perfectly chiseled face every time (laughs) so well yeah it depends on your game right don't don't hurt the gameplay (laughs) um just be aware if you are if you're doing something like this that there's there's lots to consider it's not just the fact of popping a character up there and giving them some some cool hairstyles and outfits it goes a little bit deeper than that um, and that's okay. It's okay that this is something that's a little bit more complex than maybe we're, we're used to thinking about, or, um, it's something worth spending more time on than maybe we had originally thought. Uh, it's just, yeah, there's a lot to consider when you're dealing with people, right. And the creation of people, right. there's a lot of complexities and 
it's kind of fun. It can be fun to, to kind of wade through that and see what you want to take or what you don't want to take. Um, so yeah, just, just spend some time if you're considering having a character creator or just do what games like Undertale and like Ori in the Blind Forest do and just have a wonderful little protagonist that is never gendered or kind of considered to be anything really <laughs> there the and the player can kind of make them what they want and, and that's that's a cool way to do it too <laughs> and uh for, for question of the week i'm just gonna throw it out to you guys uh what is the avatar creator you guys have spent the most time in? and if you want to respond to that just hit us up on social media and uh we'd love to hear what you have to say because uh you are you're definitely the sims i'm probably <laughs> i'm probably skyrim if i have to think about it too hard yeah but anyway send us your answers and on that note i think we will see you all next time bye all right, so for the sign-off this week, I want to talk about a little project I've been working on lately called uh, the Ambient Video Game Music Playlist. Oh, that's pretty epic, Aiden. It's a pretty cool name, right? Yeah. But uh, Ambient Video Game Music is awesome because unlike music you hear in movies and stuff, which is kind of designed to complement the soundtrack, video games is more meant to help you focus on the gameplay itself and just kind of get you in the zone, which is really useful when it comes to things like studying or working and stuff like that. So I've been working on this amazing, amazing playlist that is definitely the only one that's worth listening to on the internet for all people <laughs> who have tried a project like oh, this. Uh, and it features tracks like uh, Halo 3, Never Forget. the menu theme from Mirror's Edge. Or Rip and Tear from Doom! <laughs> Or, or Rip and Tear from Doom. Is that actually on the playlist? Yeah. What? Yeah, I just added it. <laughs> oh, okay. Very cool. Anyway, so biggest recommendation ever is just listen to video game music that you find evocative while you do work. It's awesome. Would recommend. <laughs> Great tip, Aiden. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Panic Mode. You can reach us on social media at panicmode.net, all spelled out, or on our website, panicmode.net. We would love to hear any comments, questions, or feedback you have about today's episode. And we'll be back next time where we'll discuss the history of girls and games. We'll see you then. Bye.